Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about art museums around the country and the way that they are struggling to diversify their collections. We're going to talk with folks in Baltimore, where the Baltimore Museum of Art has come up with a very interesting and somewhat controversial way to add more works by people of color and women to that museum. Uh, we're also going to talk with the DIA about what they are doing to try to diversify their collection. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation. It'll get started right before half past the hour. But first today, yesterday, a federal judge ruled that Republicans in this legislature were being discriminatory against black Democratic voters when they eliminated straight ticket voting on ballots here in Michigan. We're going to talk about what that means for the future of voting in Michigan and whether the rules could change again. And my guest to discuss that is Mark Brewer. Uh, He is the person who filed the suit in May 2016 on behalf of three Michigan voters and the state chapter of the A. Philip Randolph Institute. He is also a former chairman of the Michigan Democratic Party. And among election lawyers in the state, I have to say, Mark Brewer is probably the most informed uh, and most creative and intelligent that I know. So, Mark, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. That was very kind. Yes. uh, You are the right person, even if you hadn't filed this suit. I feel like uh, you're the right person to be having this conversation with. Uh, So so let's start with what happened. we got to go back a little in history to talk about how we got here. Uh, The legislature did decide that straight ticket voting was not something they wanted to to have available to voters in this state. Uh, Talk about why they did that and what the reaction on your part was. Sure. Well, first, got to tell you. Uh, these lawsuits are always a team effort. I want to give a shout out to my co-counsel, Mary Ellen Gerwitz, mm-hmm. who particularly the last several months has really taken the laboring oar in this case, as I have focused on the gerrymandering case. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we had some terrific expert witnesses, uh, chief of which was Kurt Metzger, who did an excellent job yes. analyzing the racial impact of eliminating straight party voting. Yeah, yeah. So I want to- Kurt, who's now mayor of Pleasant Ridge, I always- Chuckle a little when I say that because I've always known him as the you know the the, the data analyst uh, right. that he is. Uh, and I've looked for the opportunity for years to work with Kurt, and this presented a great opportunity. And he just did superb work, on which Judge Drain relied extensively in the opinion yesterday. Yeah. But to answer your question, we've had straight party voting in the state since 1891. Half of Michigan voters use it, Democrats, Republicans, third party. Folks, and three times in recent Michigan history, the Republicans in the legislature have tried to take it away in 64 and in 2001. Both times, uh, we took it to the ballot. And in a referendum, referenda, the voters firmly said, we like this, by over 60%. So it comes the third time in 215, what the Republicans do is they attach an appropriation Mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. under this unconstitutional device that even attaching a dollar to a bill makes it referendum proof. We've seen a lot of abuse of they that tactic over the last yes. several years. So then uh, we cannot take it to the ballot. I took a look at the law and concluded that we have a 14th Amendment case and a Voting Rights Act case mm-hmm. because of the disparate impact on African-American voters in this state. And as it turns out, this is no surprise, that was the reason the Republicans in the legislature passed it sure. because they knew it would have a disparate impact on African Americans, and they did it anyway. Yeah. So, so talk a little about what that disparate impact looks like. What is it about straight ticket voting and taking it away that affects Black voters? Right. 
And again, I, I urge people to read the judge's 100-page opinion. <laughs> very thorough, very scholarly. He really learned uh, and uh, about Michigan elections and how they work. What you, people have to understand is, and I think most folks know this, we have a very regressive voting regime in this state. We do. We don't have no reason absentee voting. We don't have early voting like many other states. And so in Michigan, there's a big funnel, and it focuses on Election Day. Mm -hmm. Unlike many other states now where people vote over the course of weeks in advance of election. So here, all the pressure is on Election Day. And that leads to the long lines mm -hmm. that we already have, even with straight party voting. Now, clerks unanimously say straight party voting helps on Election Day. For those who choose to use it, and it's an option, mm -hmm. it's voluntary, um, it speeds up the process. We also have one of the longest ballots in the country. Yes. And so there's a unique set of circumstances here that make Election Day a dreadful experience for many voters, particularly African-American mm -hmm. voters. No early voting, no no reason absentee voting, a long ballot, and so straight party voting over the years, that's why it's become so popular, because it's a shortcut through right. the ballot for those who want to use it. So the Republicans knew this. I mean, it's clear based on what we, Ronna Romney McDaniel, who was the chair of the Republican Party at the time, admitted um, in our discovery process that they did this to help Republicans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ron Weiser, uh, the, the racist chair of the Republican Party, was also in the mix on this. And they knew that if they took this away, the lines would get longer in urban areas particularly. They didn't care. I mean, we have testimony from that. They didn't care. And even more telling, Stephen, during the legislative process, this repeal bill was attached to a bill which would have enacted uh, no reason absentee voting which would have alleviated some of that pressure. Right. What did the Republicans do? They we said, oh, no, we can't them. have that. Yeah. We severed that bill, and we passed the repeal only. So there was just so much evidence that not only would this have a disparate impact on African Americans, but that it was intentionally done. And so the judge concluded, in his opinion yesterday, this is intentional racial discrimination. Um, getting back to your question, uh -huh. uh, it's clear from what Kurt Metzger did, and he did an extraordinary job here. There are no statewide statistics on straight party voting. We had to go county by county wow. and collect statistics over several election cycles. We didn't want anybody to say, you're cherry picking. Sure, you know? sure. And so we went back over three election cycles, collected data from nearly every county in the state, and then Kurt analyzed it. And it was very clear that while half the voters in Michigan use it, African Americans use straight party voting at an extraordinary rate, 80, 90 percent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, as the judge observed yesterday, and everybody knows this, down, down, they, African-American voters tend to vote they heavily vote for Democratic. Sure. And so you put the two together. If you suppress the African-American vote, you suppress the Democratic vote. And that is exactly what the Republicans, through Ron Romney McDaniel, Ron Weiser, and the legislators, knew what they were doing and intended to do so. Yeah. And the judge saw through all that yesterday, went through all of the expert reports, all the history here, and said what is obvious. This is racially discriminatory in violation of the 14th Amendment, intentional and disparate impact the, and the Voting Rights Act as well. Yeah. We had a Voting Rights Act claim as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's a very powerful ruling from uh, a federal judge. Of course, it's from a federal district judge and uh, there's a chance for, that they could appeal this up uh, to the circuits and who knows what, what would come out of it. But, but talk about what happens next in the immediate future uh, because of this ruling. Well, there's no change. Um, it, back in 216, one of the first things Mary Ellen and I did with Metzger's assistance, he had an early expert report that we used to great effect. We asked for a preliminary injunction, for, uh, injunction so that the sure. law never took effect. Um, and the judge granted that. 
And then we were off to the races in August of 216. I remember very distinctly, not only uh, going to the Sixth Circuit, but to the ultimately to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Labor Day of 216, I walked to the Labor Day Parade and went back to my office and wrote a Supreme Court brief with Mary Ellen. Um, and we ultimately prevailed. Uh, and so straight party voting never stopped right. in Michigan. Right. And as all of the ruling yesterday, unless there's some change in the next several weeks, voters will continue to enjoy straight party voting in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Mark Brewer, uh, the former chair of the Michigan Democratic Party, uh, one of the lawyers who filed suit in May 2016 on behalf of three Michigan voters and the state chapter of the A. Philip Randolph Institute challenging the legislature's elimination of straight ballot straight party ballot voting, uh, which was enacted in 2015. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think about the idea of straight ticket voting. Uh, Are you somebody who goes into the ballot and does vote straight ticket? Tell us why. Uh, Are you somebody who doesn't go in and vote straight ticket? Uh, Tell us why you do that. Tell us whether you think people ought to be able to to do that, uh, I'm also going to talk with Mark about some of the other voting issues that are going on in the state, uh, all the, the rulemaking changes that uh, we may see on the ballot in November. Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Mark, this this uh, straight this ticket issue fits in a larger context of what I see as a, a kind of a war over election rulemaking, and it's not just here in Michigan. There are a lot of states where there is some change uh, afoot, and where the different parties, depending on uh, often what what uh, what their position is, right? If they're the majority or the minority, they take one side uh, or another, but. But I want to talk about how you see this issue fitting into some of those others. I mean, Republicans in this state, at least, do seem very focused on preserving rules that advantage them and changing rules so that they get an even deeper advantage. And they've been pretty successful at it uh, over the last five or 10 years. That's right, Stephen. Uh, Just like gerrymandering, Uh which we can talk about some other time, there's certainly a national Republican effort – to prevent reform mm-hmm. in a state like Michigan, mm-hmm. and that's why we don't have no reason absentee voting, it's why we don't have early voting, it's why we don't have election day registration, and in states where there have been reforms to roll them back. We had an expert in our straight party voting case from North Carolina, where once the Republicans took control of the legislature, they rolled back early voting, they got rid of straight party voting, mm-hmm. and the results are predictable. Uh, and the judge talked about them in his opinion yesterday, right. that it uh, the drop-off rate, the, uh, the rate that people don't finish their ballot, jumped um, it hurt African-American voters disproportionately and so yeah. forth. So there's been a coordinated national effort by Republicans in this voting rights area to either restrain reform, as in Michigan, right. or roll it back in other states where it has occurred. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, the thing that, that, that bothers me, I guess, about about all of this is that it always seems tied to outcome rather than process, right? There's nothing about the process of straight ticket voting that requires uh, change or reform. There's nothing wrong with the, the, the way that they do that. I might agree or disagree with the, the principle of it, but there's nothing that should prevent one person or another from being able to do it. But 
if you're thinking about the outcome, and that seems to be what the Republicans are doing, then you can sort of justify anything, right? right. If, if your goal is to cement or uh, acquire uh, some sort of majority, you'll do anything. And and that's the danger behind all of these things. That's right. And it's particularly dangerous in a state like Michigan, which is a very closely divided state, despite what people may think. This sure. is a 50-50 state. A lot state. of Democrats and a lot of Republicans. That's right. And, and you make changes at the margin yes. of you know getting rid of straight party voting, of making registration more difficult, making voting by absentee mm-hmm. more difficult, photo ID, those kinds of things. In a, in a closely divided state, that can have a big, big difference yeah. in terms of outcomes. It can move things one way or another. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We've got a lot of folks queued up to talk about this subject. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, go to Twitter and hashtag us, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Mike in Chesterfield. Mike, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. How's everything going? Good. How are you? Good, good. I just wanted to point out that, you know, with it, the street party ticket voting, I, in my view, it's it's probably one of the only things I do is kind of worse than not voting at all. It's huh. it's it's something to the point of you're you're supposed to be going in that voting booth, you know, informed. You're supposed to be going in there. You know the candidates that you want to vote for. You know the issues that you want to vote for. And instead mm-hmm. of just simply voting for one check park, sorry, check, uh, check box that says, oh, this party you know must agree with me on everything. Rather, you could have a wide variety of um, of candidates from different parties to vote for, and more importantly, do those uh, does that street party ticket voting count toward anything in the nonpartisan section? Because we always have issues that are nonpartisan right. on ballots, right. and people ignore them. Yeah, Mike, uh, great question. Uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you called, Mark. Address some of those questions about sure. uh, informed voting and choosing candidates rather than parties? Well, first of all, your caller is uh, entitled to uh, avoid using straight party voting if he wants to. <laughs> it's, it's a choice right. in this state. Uh, you, but the, the state made the same argument, but presented no evidence. I mean, trials are about evidence. They presented no evidence that a voter who uses straight party voting is less informed than another voter. Hmm. Matter of fact, frankly, I think it's kind of a prejudicial argument that it assumes that a straight party voting person is less informed and less articulate. People can make rational choices to support a party as an entity. So there was none of, none of that. Um, the other thing that, again, we talk about, uh, your caller mentioned the fact that they're the nonpartisan part of the ballot. The evidence is that straight party voting actually increases participation in that part of the ballot. Because huh. what happens is people go through the partisan ballot more quickly Right. There's less fatigue, right. and there's a phenomenon called voter fatigue. If you're forced to go through 80 races yes. Yes. as opposed to one box to cover 20 races, then move to the nonpartisan the part of the ballot. Huh. So the evidence is quite clear, not only in Michigan but in other states where this has happened, that if you want more participation in the judicial races, in the ballot questions, in the nonpartisan races, mm-hmm. give people that straight party voting option. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I, again, thanks very much for the call and uh, the questions. Let's go to Chuck in Huntington Woods. Chuck, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Um, I am an independent voter, mm-hmm. and I got my absentee ballot, and I... There are people on both sides of the ballot that I want to vote for, and it forces me to pick a party which I do not belong to. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, you just don't want to be. You don't want to have to choose the party. 
or do you want to vote in more than one primary? I want to vote in more than one. I want to vote for the people that I want to be in office. Right. Okay. And, and there are people in both parties that I would like to vote for. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, the the politicians, all the the parties are, are trying to coerce everybody to forcing their way and not letting people vote for for the people they want to vote for. Hmm. Chuck, thank, uh, I appreciate the call uh, and the questions. Mark, we've had a debate in Michigan for a long time about open versus closed primaries. We have some sort of hybrid, I think, is uh, the way ours is described. But but talk about why why we do it the way we do, and and if I, I guess if that's the way you would prefer that we do it, or. If Chuck's right, we ought to open it up to everybody. Right. And, of course, this is not straight party voting. Straight party voting is only a different, an option in the general yeah, election. Right. Um, Michigan, actually, if you look at uh, nationally, historically, we have a very open primary system. There are states in this country where you have to register with one party six months before, before the primary. Yeah. And you don't get that last-minute choice, which is what voters have here in Michigan. And, look, I'm a, I'm a party person. I believe in the party system. I think it has a lot of benefits. Yeah. Um, and what primaries are for is for the parties to select their candidates for the general election. Yes. And that's why I think it's important that people go in, and even at the last minute, you can pick whichever party you want that's on the primary ballot. Uh, in a few days, the Libertarian Party is mm-hmm. going to appear on the primary ballot for the first ballot time, for the first time ever, ever yeah. Yeah. because of their performance in 216. So I'm on that side. Uh, I think primaries are basically mechanisms for they the party. They are about the parties. About the party to pick its... Uh, to pick its nominees. And the Supreme Court, I think correctly, has said many times over the years that parties have rights of association, that party members have a right to group together and mm-hmm. pick their nominees yeah. Uh, yeah. without having Republicans raiding. I mean, we've had that phenomenon, and Democrats have done it too. Yeah. I don't, I can. Going over and. That's right. I condemn that activity. Trying to yeah. choose somebody who you think is more right. beatable. That's right. I condemn that activity too, that people should pick on that day which party they want to participate in and assist in that party's selection of candidates. And then come the general election, you're free to vote with, for whoever you want. You can write in people. You can uh, vote for independent candidates. Uh, Michigan, as we talked about earlier, has quite a lengthy ballot. Yeah, uh, several third parties yeah. qualify. So that's I think that system has a lot of merit. I understand it has a downside for People like your caller. Mm-hmm. I think on balance, it's a good system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, Chuck, thanks very much for the call and the questions. Let's go to Brandon in Detroit. Brandon, welcome to Detroit okay. today. Hey, thank you so much for taking the call. Sure. Hey, yeah, so I uh, I think I have a little bit of a different view on how uh, uh, some of this would work. I think I have about three different statements, and <laughs> I wish they would happen, <laughs> but I, I don't think they'll actually ever really happen. But um, I think um, – in general, uh, when you go into the polling booth, I don't think that a uh, political party should be even on the ballot, just the person's name um, mm. that they're voting for. It might force people to become a little bit more issue aware. Huh. Um, an interesting so, idea. Yeah, so that that's one of those things. I forgot another point that I had. Uh, <laughs> sorry, put me on the spot. That's okay. And then, um, <laughs> um Shoot, I think that's that's okay. all I can remember. Sorry. No, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, this question, Mark, of, of how we make sure people are informed about the choices that they're making, I mean, a lot of people are very concerned about that. I think people feel like, 
sometimes people go in the booth and vote blindly for X or Y and haven't really mm-hmm. thought about it. That's a problem, but there's nothing about that that's that's illegal or unconstitutional. No, and there's other ways to deal with it, Stephen. It's the other way we're so far behind here. I mean, first of all, look, party affiliation is an important cue to voters, right, in yeah. terms of what a party stands for and so forth. You know, it's not the only one. But look, in other states, California, for example, voters receive a pamphlet from the state right. that describes who's on the ballot. People get to put their issue positions there. There are statements about what the ballot proposal says. Mm-hmm. Michigan doesn't do that at all. So there are a lot of ways, without pinning the blame on the parties right. whose name yeah. appears on the ballot, to provide information to voters that the government in Michigan should proactively do at the state and local level. Um you know, I know you all in the media yeah. do the best that you can to try to get that information out. So I would look at this as not taking away information from the voters, taking away the party identity on the ballot, but finding other ways like other states do to supplement that information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there there is another um, there's another ballot initiative that we're going to have in, in November that's I think aimed at helping to move Michigan more in the direction of. Uh, you know, uh, more participation, easier participation. But the, the the question of informing voters is is a little different, and we're not anywhere on that, I feel like, in this state. I don't see the legislature talking about it. I don't see the, the governor, uh, you know, spearheading that kind of thing. We we don't do a lot as uh, as a sort of formal exercise to make sure people know what they're what they're choosing and why. Yes, I think it'd be terrific, Stephen. You know, we should go to no reason absentee voting. We should have early voting. When you get that absentee ballot in the mail, there should be a pamphlet with right. it, a neutral pamphlet, right? Not advocating. It tells you about what's it going on. It tells you about all the candidates. Minor party, major party, independent. Judicial racist. That's the one I feel like. Judicial racist, even. Uh, your right to write in somebody, descriptions of the ballot proposals, yeah. so that you could sit and study that and look at other resources as well. Yeah. And then cast a vote. Yeah. But again, taking away that party cue, I don't think adds to the education of the voters. I think it detracts from it. Yeah. Let's take one more call here. Nancy in Brighton, welcome to Detroit today. Yes, I've been disgusted for uh, years on the way that the primary ballot, at least in my county, uh-huh. is arranged and that I have am forced to uh, vote for a, a uh, Republican or Democratic uh, party on that ticket. In other words, I yeah. have to lie in order to uh, vote on that ballot. Because you feel like that you're... That I choose either Republican or Democratic, instead of being able to freely choose the candidate that I want. Example, two primaries ago, in order to vote for a Democratic senator, I had to give up voting for anybody on the Republican side for local offices, including the sheriff, where there was, uh, for the first time, two candidates for sheriff Hmm. to vote for a uh, county attorney and other offices. And on the Democratic side, there were not even candidates in all of those local offices to vote for. Yeah, Nancy, I appreciate appreciate that point. And that gets us to another issue, Mark, which is uh, the non-competitive nature of 
general elections in in so many districts because of the way the maps are drawn, for instance. So, you know, as Nancy says, you might want to vote in one primary at the state level, but that might preclude you from making any choice uh, in some local races because maybe the other party dominates uh, 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 politics where you live. Uh, th- I mean, that's another it's another problem, I guess, with, with our voting in, in Michigan. Right, and gerrymandering. I mean, right. I'm, I'm that's part how that of happens. and help bring the, uh, the pending gerrymandering case. And we see gerrymandering not just at the state legislative and congressional level, but at the county level. Yes. Uh, gerrymandering goes on right. throughout the state. Yes. And I think is in part the reason why your caller faced so few opportunities on the Democratic side. If if uh, a party or candidates don't think they have a realistic chance of winning, There's they don't There's no point run. in running, right. Yeah. And when I was party chair, it was in many places in the state because of the gerrymandering, it was a challenge to get people to run and carry the flag for the party even though they had no realistic chance of winning. Yeah. Okay, Mark Brewer, former chairman of the Michigan Democratic Party, one of the lawyers who filed suit to keep straight ticket balloting here in Michigan. Thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. We're going to have you back soon to talk more about election law. All right, up next, the Art Museum in Baltimore sold some of its big works to purchase more contemporary African-American art. We're going to talk to the director of that museum next. We'll also talk with someone from the DIA later about what that museum is doing to diversify its collection. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.